Does a calming home environment seem constantly out of reach to you? Welcome back, everyone, for another episode of Easier with a Friend. As two friends who live incredibly busy lives, we often discuss our ways of finding a bit of zen for ourselves. Today, we actually want to discuss some ideas we've been implementing for bringing that into our home environment, too. As usual, this is Chi. And this is Elaine. And we're excited to bring a moment of calmness today. Yep. I'm actually very interested in this topic because it's something I've definitely been considering a lot recently and finding different ways to implement into my own home. So who better to hash this out with than Chi? Getting right into it. So Chi, what are some ways that you've been using to bring more calmness into your home? Yeah, and I try to kind of think about this as my routine, how I am going through my day in a way, just to make it a little bit easier to think about what it is that we're doing and how is it that we can improve those things that we're doing. So of course, one of the first thing most people do in the morning is to get up and get dressed for the day. Right. And so, and I have been trying this out, some version of this for maybe the last seven or eight years. And that's getting my wardrobe basically pared down. And it's hard at first because as a woman, we love fashion and I still do. I still love to see what's trendy. I still love to see what's interesting or what's the new color for spring or whatever it is. But I try to basically get my wardrobe down to a selection of few items that I know work well for me. And I try to get items that I know will last too, so that I don't have to constantly be buying or trying to replace it or or things like that. But I know there's some people out there who are doing something called a capsule wardrobe, which is basically Mm -hmm. they would limit themselves to sometimes it's 30 items and that's including shoes and accessories. Some people do maybe 50 or 60s, whatever the amount it is that you are choosing. The idea is that you don't want to have to spend so much time every morning having to worry and think about your wardrobe, get items that you know work well for you. And we see this actually people like Steve Jobs and all those people who are from the Silicon Valley type of industry where they have a uniform. And if you think about it, men have been wearing uniform, aka a suit of some form to work forever Mm -hmm. and ever now. But women, we constantly have to every morning make the decision of what to wear and how to put it together. And so about seven, eight years ago, I implemented a kind of uniform for when I have to leave home to go to work. So Uh I started developing a uniform that was basically a blouse and some dress pants, very, very easy, very simple. And the blouse I have is basically one style in slightly different color and a slightly different design. So they're not all the exact same like gray shirt or anything like that. It doesn't have to be boring, but I chose a style that I know would work for all the environment I would be going into. And like I said, just a pair of nice pants. And that's what I would wear every morning that I would have to be leaving my house to go meet with clients. Mm-hmm. But that really worked well for me. And I realized that I spent much less time and energy worrying about what I was going to wear. 
right. whether or not it's going to fit, look good, whatever it is. And once those items get worn out, you can then go replace them. And you know what? Every now and then, I still see a trendy item that I love, and I will still add it to my wardrobe, but it's not something that I'm completely consumed with. It's not something mm-hmm. that I'm totally shopping for every season. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of makes it nice and simple and easy and just decrease the amount of time and brain power I'm investing into it. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that idea, Elaine? Well, so we've discussed capsule wardrobes before and I also try to implement it in my life. So I originally was like, oh, this is a great idea. You can do like 30 pieces and they kind of mix and match. And then you still have accessories and shoes and like, it's still very fashionable, but like in a very classic way. And like minimalistic has always kind of been my personal style anyways. Mm -hmm. However, I have to say I'm even lazier than that. The way that I usually implement this is I tend to wear dresses a lot these days. When I was younger, I was always a pants kind of girl. Then I got to the age where I started wearing dresses and I was like, why haven't I been wearing dresses before? Because now I just put on one piece of clothing versus like (laughs) two pieces of clothing. And also it's so much less restrictive if you're having a bloated day or, you know, your period's on the way or whatever. Like you don't have to, well, okay. So I guess this doesn't apply to women who wear really tight fitting dresses. I don't wear very tight fitting dresses. Just so that way I can kind of get away with a little bit more when the dresses are looser. But I basically have a dress more or less for every day of the work week. I hardly ever wear pants. And so I don't even have 30 pieces, I think, in my capsule wardrobe. I have like six, (laughs) like one extra backup dress. But I will say that what I haven't been able to do well is to get rid of the other no longer useful pieces of my wardrobe, which would probably be good so that I can actually pare down my closet. I just usually look at them and I'm like, well, I mean, I'm going to toss it and then I'm going to need it. (laughs) I hear you. I hear you. It's hard. But, you know, I think the point is, if you are able to implement any portions of what we're discussing today into some part of your life, I think it will help. Right. And so the fact that you've made the decision to, let's say, for work, I'm going to have a capsule wardrobe so that I don't have to spend Mm -hmm. so much time in the morning stressing, worrying about it. That's already good enough as a starting place, I believe. And maybe Mm -hmm. one day you'll get around to doing that for the other aspect, for the other part of your wardrobe. Hopefully. Another idea I have, and again, we're talking about bringing calmness into your house and your life. So what I like to do is that, and this is something my husband and I discuss a lot because when we were house shopping, I did not want to buy a house that had extra rooms that were not going to have a purpose. And I would always tell him, I don't want to be paying property taxes and utilities on a space Mm -hmm. on square footage that wasn't going to be in use for us. So Mm -hmm. I really try to set up my home in a way where each room has its purpose. Mm -hmm. And I try to think about how that purpose would be adding to my everyday life in some meaningful Mm -hmm. way. So I'm not saying you can't have a craft room or a hobby room, especially if those things add to your life. Yes, Mm -hmm. make room for that in your life. And I actually think it's a great idea that if you have a hobby that can be a bit cluttery or messy, that you have a room where you can kind of do those things in there and then close the door and kind of keep it contained 
in that room so that it will clutter up the rest of your house. So having a playroom. Now, I understand for those parents out there, I understand that no matter how much you want to designate the playroom as the only room for which toys can be in, your kids will spread toys everywhere. I get that. I'm not saying it's going to be perfect, but for example, with my girls, having a playroom so that when they want to set up something that is a big production where they're setting up shop, playing house, whatever it is they're doing, and they want to set it up and leave it up for a few days or for a long extended playtime, I encourage them to use the playroom to do things like that. So I say, if you set it up in your playroom, mommy won't make you take it down. But if you set it up in the living room, as soon as you're done, you have to take it down and clean it up. And having those kind of limits help contain some of that clutter and messiness around the house. I think it's a great idea. I do try to implement that kind of naturally in my house anyway. I think it's just a part of trying to organize your house to make it more user-friendly because for me, one of the main things I do, and I do think this brings more calmness to my life, is everything should kind of have its place. So when I need to go for it, I know exactly where it is. And what I typically do because I know I'll forget is when I'm done using it, I put it back. Because otherwise, if you just drop it wherever you used it, then the next time you need to use it, you won't remember where you left it. And that is definitely going to bring on a little bit of irritation, which is not the point of the exercise, right? But I do typically keep my craft stuff contained in the, I have a guest bedroom closet where all the craft stuff stays. And I have it organized in actually like a shoe organizer. I was reading kind of like organization, I think lists or whatever. And they were saying, oh, it's a great organizer because it's clear. You can see everything and every, you can put stuff in every slot. And I was like, this is amazing. And I so I sorted all my craft stuff and I put it in there and it really has been a big help. So I stand by that tip. If you've got an extra shoe organizer laying around, it's a great place to do either craft supplies or, or anything really. Like you can separate stuff and then put it into the little cubbies and then they can all be kind of self-contained. Really works well. And I do think that keeping everything in its place, as you will, just prevents things from moving around the house and cluttering up the house. And I also would say that in your rooms that you're organizing, really kind of spend a little bit of time thinking about where you use these items. You would think this goes without saying, but I've visited people's homes where I'm like, why are these things here? And let's say I'm helping cook in their kitchen. I'm like, but I don't understand why the cups are next to the stove, right? <laughs> or like why the the spices are like way on the other side of the kitchen. Things will help you out if they live closer to where you use them. So like spices closer to the stove because you might be sprinkling them in as you're cooking, right? Or like on the drawer next to my stove, for instance, I keep all of my cooking utensils like the pot stir or the spoon or the ladle or anything like that that I might like be using immediately. And also in the cabinets closer to the stove, I keep all of the pots and pans. So just things that make sense that will save you time as you're doing something activity in that space. Yeah, I totally agree. And I really like what you're saying about how finding a home for every item. And I think it's Marie Kondo. Is that how you say her name? Marie Kondo that says clutter. And I'm totally going to be misquoting her, but she says something to the effect of clutter is an item that hasn't been put back into its home or something to that effect. But yeah, I think your brain really register clutter in a negative way. It causes more stress to your brain, whether it be consciously or subconsciously. Having a tidier 
environment around you does provide your brain with a lot of calmness. It really does. Yeah. So one of the other things too that I really have been trying to think about when I was starting out my journey in minimalism is to think about how I wanted to decorate my house because of course there are people who are extreme minimalists and they basically have literally not even a bed or a couch. And Uh. that's not my goal. (laughs) Maybe one day when my kids are grown, I will try that out for a year and say everything I own is in this backpack. I I don't know about that, man. Like a good bed is very important. (laughs) Yeah, there are people out there who go to that extreme. And again, I'm not saying that that's what I am promoting here. But I think that for me, even in terms of house decoration, I really, really thought about what I wanted to display or what I wanted to add to my house. Because I want it to serve a purpose that is more than just to look good. And so one of the things that I had heard this scientist talk about one time is that when you have items that remind you of good times, that brings about good memory, it can add to your happiness. And one of the easiest way to do that is to put up family pictures. And it can Mm -hmm. be from your favorite vacation. It could be from when the kids were younger. It could be your wedding day or when you guys were dating and you went on that really fun trip. Because every day when you pass by, all those things helps your brain remember those happy times. Mm -hmm. And so that's something I never really did before because it wasn't something that was really done in my mom's house. She had the more typical decorative items that you could find at maybe TJ Maxx or Target, but in my own home and specifically in my family room where we hang out a lot, I removed the TV and instead we have a lot of family pictures up. We have pictures from our favorite holidays, picture from our travels, and I add those items into the room as part of decoration because I feel like Instead of just sitting there and looking good, which I do think they look great, I spent a little bit of money on the frame to make sure that they look good and they fit into my decor. But I think it also really makes that room a really nice and loving place for all of us to hang out. And this is something that I have learned too from minimalism is that sometimes when you remove items from the space, it could add to the sense of style that you have because. Again, minimalism is about owning less things, but having less items mean you have to manage less things. But for me, I realized that, hey, if this item isn't serving a purpose, it's okay to remove it. It's okay to not have every single wall decorated in the house. It's okay to have just one wall in each room, have something on it. Having less things can be its own style. I have to say that doing this segment with you has really made me rethink my decorations. (laughs) I love your house. Your house actually is very nicely decorated. Every time we go on holidays, we always talked about how this house feels so mature compared to some of us who have toddlers. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's that's partly because you have toddlers. There's not, it's not to be helped. I mean, I think if we had a toddler, our house would probably not be decorated. (laughs) So 
I do have to say a lot of my decorations are just for decoration purposes only. (laughs) They don't serve any sentimental purpose. I think I have a mix of items that are sentimental versus just for decoration purpose only. We do try to, when we go on vacation, my, I guess, idea of buying a souvenir or whatever, I'm not into just like little Eiffel Towers or things like that. But if I see something like maybe something a street artist sketched or painted, I've got a few tiny little sketches of like, I've got a sketch from, I think from Spain and I've got one from Italy, which reminds me of the trips that I've taken there. And I think that for me is very, is a very nice way to look back on those trips. And it's something decorative for the home. I definitely could do better on the picture thing. I have been thinking of putting up a picture wall and haven't gotten around to doing that yet. But I would say that definitely house decorations is where my minimalism fails me. (laughs) (laughs) I am a minimalist nightmare when it comes to home decor. No, I actually think your place, you have a very nice selection of well-curated items that really fits together. And also it's a nice reflection of you and Nick. So I actually really like the way your house is decorated. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It feels a lot more mature. And I think that's what the point of this is too, is that you don't have to go with minimalism. If that item serves the same purpose as a picture from a vacation, then it serves that purpose, the same purpose, right? It's still reminding you of the good time. Yeah. I, I really like the way your house is decorated. Thank you. But yeah, I mean, I don't really have any, I guess, tips for home decoration so much as for me personally, the way that I've always curated my house is anything that I bring in has to be something I truly love, right? And even if it's a piece that I I know I want, I'm just like, oh, something belongs here and I'm, I haven't quite found it yet. I'll let it sit empty for like years and years and years while I shop for the right thing versus just buying something to just plug it in there. Yeah. Like, cause I think that if it's going to take up space in my house, I'm going to pay money for it. And then I'm going to, like you said, pay property tax on the space that it's <laughs> occupying, then it might as well be something that I truly, truly love. But that doesn't always mean that they have great memories attached. It's just a piece maybe that I really love for the house. But every so often you also have to go through and edit, you know, just kind of pare back and just be like, well, maybe I really love this item when I got it, but it hasn't served Maybe the purpose that I thought it did, maybe it's just occupying space now and it could really go make room for something else. Like those are the times you really have to reflect and be like, all right, like this item can now go. (laughs) That's that's actually a really good tip is that it doesn't have to be permanent, that you should go back and edit those items and rethink if it's still doing what it should for you. And yeah, I think that's actually a really, really good because you're not completely married to that item just because you bought it. You can always resell it if you need to, to make mm-hmm. room for something else. And that's a, definitely a concept of minimalism where something comes in, something must go out, right? Because you can't just be adding things without ever subtracting things. Because your house is a box that can only be filled with so many items before it run out of space. But Perfect. yeah, in, in a similar kind of way, again, thinking about how we go about our day, one of the other things that I do, which I think has really helped in terms of bringing more calmness into my house, because again, we're trying to fight the kind of natural chaos and clutter that happen when you live in a space, is that when it comes to the rooms that I most use, I try to have a time of day to go through and reset that room. 
So for me in my house, it would be my kitchen and my living room. My kitchen, because of course, being a family of four, we eat every day, cooking, all that stuff. It kind of has to be done. The kitchen automatically has to be clean every day. And then for the living room, it's a space, like I said earlier, where my family, we really like to hang out there. And we try to keep it really open and flexible and cozy. But because we're constantly doing different things in there, whether it being playing board games or reading books or the girls who bring their toys in there and play too, Mm -hmm. I try to reset it every day. So that is pretty much clear and ready and inviting for the next time we want to go in there. And even though sometimes, to be completely honest, other rooms in my house get neglected (laughs) because (laughs) I didn't have time to reset those rooms or they stay messy for a little while. But having just certain rooms that you use a lot, like my kitchen and my living room, be clean and spending a little bit of time to reset it every day makes me feel like my house isn't as messy as it really is. It makes my mind feel like, okay, in this room that I spend most of my time, it's ready to go. It's clean. It's not cluttered. It's calming. Your brain just feels more calm when you go into that room and it's reset and ready to go. I definitely, definitely agree with that. We have set a goal to remember to kind of like refresh our kitchen every night, just like you, you know, put the dishes in the dishwasher, clean off the counters. So that way, when you come down in the morning, because our space with the kitchen, living room, dining room is just open concept. So for us, you come downstairs in the morning and it's just all like one sight line. It's just nice to come down in the mornings when you're grabbing your lunch and stuff like that, where it's just all clean. And it's a much more calming experience than coming down and there's stuff all over the countertop or dishes in the sink or anything like that, because then it just makes it easier for you to kind of grab and go in the morning and you don't have to worry about dishes. So I definitely agree with that. I think that's made a huge change in terms of the way that we enjoy our kitchen and just that whole space in general, because you can see it from the living room. And in addition to that, I think I would say bedroom taking kind of like two minutes, which it really takes like two minutes if you both do it together to make the bed in the morning. And it just is really nice to come home to a made bed when you come home at night. This is a good practice to implement. Yeah, I totally like the idea of what you just said. It really paints this image of how when you first walk down from your bedroom into your kitchen and living room area every day and seeing that clean slate, right? It almost is like, hey, I'm starting my day out fresh. Whatever happened yesterday is done. And in a similar way, When you come home at night and you're ready to get into bed and enjoy that calmness in the bed, it's ready and inviting for you. So making the bed also kind of does the same thing to help you wind down at the end of the day. And so, yeah, I think that's actually a really good way to put it, that you get to have that fresh start and then you get that inviting calmness right before you relax and go to sleep. And that kind of ties into one of the other things that I really started doing actually early in the morning, because there was just so much chaos when you're trying to get your kids up and get them ready for school. And there's always that time crunch of like, oh, hurry it up. Don't forget this. Don't forget that. (laughs) I try to set the mood. And right now it's us playing music. So Hmm. we'll play some calming music and music is so powerful. Right. Right. And so having very calming music in the morning, it makes all of us calmer. It puts us all in a better attitude. And some of the other things that you could do, maybe not early in the morning, is you can do candles. Candles is a great way Mm -hmm. to set the mood. And doing Christmas, 
I got us some very Christmas scented candles and it really makes the house feel extra Christmassy. Like it really brings about that complete Christmas magic when not only does the house mm-hmm. decorated, also smells like Christmas. And then one last thing, and this is something I've asked Elaine about because I know she uses them, essential oils. Can you tell us more about that, Elaine? Yeah, so I agree with all the things you just said, by the way, first of all. Well, and I was going to say the person who would agree with you more is Nick. Nick is all about setting the mood, you know, candles and music and lighting. And he's all about that. He's about that life. But candles in particular, he just likes the house to smell good in general. I prefer the essential oil diffusers, just a little bit more natural and safer, less parabens and phthalates. So the essential oil diffuser is really kind of more our compromise. And what I like about it is that it really can serve so many purposes, right? A lot of the essential oil diffusers are also kind of like mini humidifiers a little bit. They use water as a base. And Mm -hmm. so it also adds a little bit of humidity to the house, which is always nice when it's dry. So having something a little bit dual purpose like that, I think is really nice. And then I think the essential oils themselves, just like, again, a lot cleaner. If you're really someone who's very much watching the chemicals, you can do organic ones. And secondly, and this just really depends on, I guess, how much you believe in essential oils. I don't necessarily use them for the medical benefits, but a lot of essential oils provide secondary benefits like deeper sleep, better for, let's say, if you have sinus issues this week or you have allergy issues, there are essential oils that can help with that. So in addition to making your house smell good, they can also kind of help with secondary issues like that. Once again, that's the end of Easier with a Friend for today. We truly appreciate each and every one of you so much for tuning in. Just a reminder to reach out to a friend today to share any new ideas you may have picked up if you enjoyed today's episode. Remember to subscribe to the podcast on Facebook, Spotify, or Apple Music so you won't miss any new episodes. Follow us on Instagram at Easier with a Friend, on our Facebook page, Easier with a Friend, or email us at easierwithafriend at gmail.com. Check out our website, easierwithafriend.com, for today's transcript.